Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama! Trent Condon. Score! This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you right here on 106.3 KXNO. We appreciate you giving us some of your time here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list in the next two hours. Uh, We will start at the bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman covers Iowa. Really good piece in The Athletic today. Pursuant to the uh, apathy that seemingly uh, is starting to descend upon men's, uh, the men's program over at the University of Iowa. What can be done to change it? How big of a concern is it? Dot, dot, dot. Uh, Doc, on those topics and more uh, at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two, we'll take a look at two of the uh, regional teams, both of the regional teams that were involved this weekend in the divisional rounds of the playoffs. One of them uh, didn't work out so well. The other it did. We'll start with Dave Sinekin on the Packers who I think were the best team on the field in the nightcap on Saturday night. Scoreboard is what it is as the Niners get by them. But Dave Sinekin on the Packers and what went wrong. Well, Jordan Love went wrong at the end of the game. And the missed field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, some... Uh, some uh, situations throughout the game that all added up to that one. But we'll, uh, we'll talk about that with Sinekin at 12.05. And then Nick Athen will be insufferable uh, at 12.15. You know, if there is a, such a thing as karma in football, he's been ripping Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. for the last, since he got in the league, quite frankly. He's been doing the same with Buffalo, and it's worked out pretty well. And did again last night mm-hmm. with the Bills last night uh, as well. But boy, what a game that was. Uh, but we'll talk to Nick and then Alec Bussey on Iowa State. The women get the forfeit. Uh, the men, hang on. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. hang on. Oh, they needed the wire, did they not? And it got there just in the right time as they beat TCU on the road despite almost coughing up a 19-point lead. Just, you know what, a win is a win. And ask Kansas if they'd take a couple of wins. Mm -hmm. West Virginia and Central Florida, yikes, uh, for the Jayhawks. Are they on Big Monday tonight? Yes, they are. Cincinnati. Cincinnati Mm. uh, at Fog Allen tonight. That is an 8 o'clock tip. Trent's plays of the day. Mr. Monday night is over for the season, but we'll get some plays of the day coming up here at uh, just before 1 o'clock. I appreciate you being here with us on 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon. Hello. What a weekend. What a weekend. Football, basketball. A lot going on, man. We did. We kind of had it all, right? Ran the gambit of a little bit of everything, and yeah. and that's okay. But it was all about really the four games, and it ended with... Uh, I don't know if it's one of the great games, but it's a memorable one. It was one. a good one, yeah. It was a good yeah. one, and it's not going to be like the 13-second game. You know, no. It's, it's not going to be that. I'm not sure we'll ever see that. Yeah, I mean, that might be the all-timer right yeah. there. But it was just a, a really entertaining game. Buffalo in the first half, Kansas City couldn't get a stop. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? What's yep. Spags doing on the sideline? Oh, we're going to talk about that again. And then they figured it out, man. Was there a spy? Did they put a spy on Allen for a while? Uh, they did in the first half, and that, but when Willie Gay was the guy, and yeah. Willie Gay got hurt. I don't know if they went and found somebody in the second half or not, because it seemed like, to your point, that his running in the second half was nowhere near to the extent as it was early, right? The one thing that 
stood out to me is they were going with a lot more of the the cover zero look, you know, yeah. with everybody up yep. close to the line. And I guess maybe that was the reason that Allen deep safety. Yeah, so. just didn't see the running lanes that were there before. That was a reason behind it. But Kansas City gets it again and mm. wide right. Mm. A Buffalo fans. And I know they're few and far between here in this market, but there are a lot of people. Who do you know? Sipker and who else? Sipker, um, Justin Ardabon, guy up in Ankeny that's friends uh, with my sister, that family. There's a few others. I know what. Um, the keg stand? The keg stand, yeah. 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 I don't know if they still have their Buffalo get togethers. They would have, uh, you know, a handful, dozen, two dozen people. Well, it's a lot of people my age. It's people that. Like their the form- underdog? Yes. Yeah. Their for- well, their formative years were yeah. happening as the Bills were making the Super Bowl year after year. Yeah. And there were a lot of know, handful of kids growing up that were yeah. Bills fans. Most of them took Marianne if they were watching Ginger or Gilligan's <laughs> Island, right? <laughs> go, with the diff- yeah, yeah. go with the underdog. Yeah. And yeah, so there's plenty of people, I'm sure, in that you know, 40 to 50 demographic yeah. that probably became Buffalo fans because of that era. But boy, uh, wide right. Mm. I, I think we have uh, we talk about announcers a lot because we watch a lot of games. Yep. Jim Nance has never been one of my guys. For golf, mm-hmm. great. Yep. Football, not so much. Basketball, I thought he stunk. Yeah, me and too. His call was perfect. Right. On that mess. It missile. was. To yeah. have that teed up. It was up, in the back of his mind, wasn't it? It, it was. Yeah. But to have that teed up, yep. to have that ready to go, that is a great announcing. That's no, great by play. Yep. Play by play right there. The two words. Credit to him mm-hmm. for that one. And I thought Romo was going to step on it oh, as it was I, coming I out of his mouth. <laughs> exact same yep. thing. Okay, Jim, that's a missed field goal. <laughs> Jim? <laughs> How many times does he say Jim over the course oh, of a game? You know what? That should be a drinking under. game. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, the, you want to see the second half. <laughs> right. You have to be so under maybe, the table. Right, maybe it shouldn't be a drinking game. But uh, terrific game. Both of the nightcaps, the, the Saturday night mm-hmm. game was good. I thought Green Bay left. Like, Brock Purdy stunk. Let's he just was, be honest. Yeah, Brock he was Purdy bad. was terrible. He was bad. Brock Purdy was awful. Mm-hmm. Last drive, Okay. Something to build on, but Brock Purdy looked like the last pick of the draft um, for most of that football game. Credit Green Bay's defense, I guess. Um, Credit Green Green Bay's offensive line in particular because they kept uh, that, I think, a really good defensive front for San Francisco. They kept him off of Jordan Love. But uh, Purdy, when it, when it needed the drive, it, the, I thought his run, his scramble, was as important as anything in that drive. But the pass to Brandon Ayuk, yeah. that's an all-timer. Both ends. Ayuk laying out mm-hmm. and Purdy putting the ball where it needed to be put uh, for one of the few times in the football game. But you know what, Brock Purdy? You get another opportunity to change your minds again coming up this weekend. But if you're a hater of Brock Purdy, uh, he did nothing to uh, get you off, I don't think. More ammunition. Yeah, more ammunition, for sure. And if precipitation is part of the forecast, in San Francisco on yeah. Sunday, yeah. changes it. He's a little yeah, guy with little hands. Well, hey, look at To me, in my opinion, and no one will ever change my opinion on this, and you know where I'm going, I think the greatest quarterback to ever buckle his chin strap was John Elway. Mm-hmm. That's me. We, we'll have this disagreement this summer. I, and I know we will. And a lot, <laughs> we'll and, tee it up. Um, John Elway, look it up. John Elway could not throw a wet football. Oh, it was his bugaboo. So mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's not alone in this respect. But I'm correct. guessing there's more a quarterback mm-hmm. that just couldn't throw a wet ball. Um, there was Kurt Warner had that struggle, and remember for a while he wore a glove. Yes, he did. And then he couldn't find the right glove, and it would become too slippery. And mm-hmm. this is not a Brock Purdy thing. This is quarterbacks in general throwing. Football's big. Yeah, and when you get a little wet. War, it's cold. Mm-hmm. Certain quarterbacks struggle with that. It's like he's, it's more ammunition for yep. the Brock Peter, Brock Purdy haters, and we're not among them. No, no but love his story. Yeah, 
he was not good. No, he wasn't. And it's okay to say gonna, that. Yes, you're you're not going to lose your Cyclone fan uh-huh. card right. if you say he didn't play well. Right. It's okay. Yeah. You can be truthful. He was not good, but nope. he was good enough. Yep. And they got it done. They did. That missed field goal. I kind of forgot about that. I didn't have yeah. that down in my notes, but boy. Carlson, yeah. And did and did you hear Lafleur after the game? What uh, you know? What what do you think when you send your kicker out in the out of the field, coach? I'm doing a lot of praying. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> yes, but he did yeah. say the word praying. He did. Yeah. Uh, his, his response. Yeah. But that was a good game. Baltimore Houston started out good till Baltimore got things going. That run game. Oh my God. Casey, Casey, buckle it up. Yeah. Not a great run defense. Trent, it's going to end for the Chiefs this weekend. (laughs) No, I'm telling you. Okay. This has to be it. Please. Please. Has to be it. I think they're up against it, Trent. I believe Baltimore's a better football team. You know what's better on Baltimore? The defense. Yeah. Like the Bills linebackers. A.J. Klein, come on. Mm -hmm. A.J. Klein was a step slow all night. Incredible last week. The guy was retired. Uh, he's just lost a couple of steps. He's made a hell of a career in the NFL. No one thought he would play this long in the NFL. Jake Knott was him and A.J. Klein were, eh, you want Klein? Okay, I'll take Knott. happily yep. take Jake Knott. But A.J. Klein had a hell of a career, but it's over. And he was a step behind Kelsey, whoever he was asked to guard uh, the entire game yesterday. But Baltimore's linebackers are absolutely legit, and they're not banged up. Um, Roquan Smith. He's a problem. Yeah. So is Patrick Queen. Yes, he is. And Clowney's got a little something left, too. Uh-huh. Um, they've got some dudes. Hamilton, their safety, is a, is a hitter. I think that Baltimore's defense is the difference in the game. We'll get to that throughout the week. <laughs> yes, we will. But I think that that's going to be, um, we shall see. Anyways, give the Chiefs credit. Boy, Jason Kelsey, is he having any fun at life? Yes, he is. So I think it was Joel Long, one of the Long boys. Okay. Um Chris Long goes by Joel. Or is that who's Joel on Twitter? I don't know who Joel Long is. Okay, is that Chris that's Long? What, yeah, it's Chris Long. Okay. I think it's Joel on Twitter for oh, some okay. reason. Anyways, Chris Long said, "Don't get confused that this means he's retired. He's always like this." <laughs> right? Revved up a little bit. Uh, there was uh, I, during the ridiculousness of him jumping out of the booth last night. I saw somebody retweeted an article from years ago. And it was talking about the Kelseys before they came to Kelseys as we know them. Yep. And they're talking about their days in Cincinnati and said, one thing we all know, they could drink a lot of beer. Yeah, we saw that yesterday. It, it had the feeling, though, this is one Taylor and Travis maybe have a quiet moment. <laughs> I thought the same thing. So, uh, your brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's different. Yeah. He's, he's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we've all had those conversations with our significant other, though, uh, right, at one time or another. Well, if it's not a brother, it's a friend. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a, Hmm. So, Jason, tell me a little bit more about Jason. (laughs) Right. He slugged 28 beers up in the booth. And he started out at the tailgates, if you saw it before the the pregame ceremonies or festivities, I guess. Boy, he had a ball. He had a ball. Good for him. He did, absolutely. So we're down to four teams. We're down to three games left in the NFL. Um, We'll get more on that, but uh, we got to bring up the Lions. Well done for them. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. You know who else was a great story in that uh, in that football game was Baker Mayfield, who I think is the comeback player of the year. Yeah. I get it. One yeah. guy was dead, right? Um, and he came back to life, and that's you know, and that's why he's going to win. But I think as a as a football story. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield was the comeback player of the year. Hamlin, phenomenal that he's even able to get out there on the field. Uh, but he wasn't a big contributor all year long. Maybe he was in the locker room, and that's why he's going to win the award. But uh, we'll, we'll see. But way to go, Lions. Goff's, Goff 
had his bad moments, had his good moments in the football game. And if you would have said two years ago, we'd have a divisional round game between Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, how about like, that? Well, what planet are you on? <laughs> right. Uh, Goff Two had, first overall picks who had yeah. bus written all over him. I'm with you, Baker Mayfield. He's an entertaining guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with him. You can win games. Yeah. And what does he become? You know, Tampa give him extended contract. I think they have to now. Is he? Does he turn into that guy that is kind of just a stopgap kind of guy? And that's kind of how his career goes. A little more than that, I think so. That too. throw to Evans that uh, that he caught the ball at the one yard line. How about the end of the half to Evans, two different times. Amazing. He was terrific, and yeah. he, he was really accurate until the very end mm-hmm. when he threw it at the linebacker. But good for the Lions. I mean, how can you not feel somewhat happy for their fan base, mm-hmm. even Bears fans, Vikings fans, Packer fans? Um, I mean, they, they were a punchline forever, yeah. and here they are, one of the four remaining football teams. I don't think that they'll get through to the Super Bowl. No. Uh, I think that the Niners, although they've got some warts defensively, too. And Debo, we will see with that shoulder 50, and hit 50 apparently yeah. now. It's a, he's, a, he's a difference maker when he's on the football field, right? The metrics, the numbers, when you look at when Debo's out there compared to when he's not, they are significant. Uh, I'm one of the more significant ones you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Now, you still got Christian McCaffrey yeah. and Ayuk and yeah. Kittle and a great offensive right. line. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good building, the best fullback in the game. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good place. His wife's to... got a little talent in her own right. <laughs> right. But you talk about all those things, and yet it's crazy yeah. with all that talent we just mentioned when you look at the differences, yards per play, yardage totals, mm-hmm. win-loss record, ATS, all those different things, they all point that Debo Samuel, talk about importance or mm. value, Debo Samuel is way up there. What he does, a couple years ago they used him so much as a running back. We know about the physicality that he plays with. He's just he's a Swiss Army knife that yep. we don't have many of nope. in the league, and his importance is huge. I guess the only thing I'd say, again, rain. The rains, yeah. maybe that makes it mm-hmm. palpable. I can't see a path. I really can't end this one. I don't either. How many people are going to have Ravens, 49ers, oh, Moneyline Parlay? Tons. Yeah. A bunch. It was plus 115 one when it, I looked at it yesterday. Is that what it was? Yeah, last night. Huh. That thing's not going to be plus money by the time we get to kick I off, don't I don't think. I think so. Yeah. I, do, I don't. I think we're, well, we'll see. And you'll be locked in if it, we do get that one because you took either Ravens or 49ers at Circa, right? Yeah, I did. Um, was that I, minus 115 at the well, time? Minus 115. The the only team I don't so here's what I've got I've got uh, Detroit at twenty five to one that's good you laughed at me uh, yes you laughed at me why you they still have to money? win two more games I know you <laughs> did but I got them at twenty five to one uh, I got a bunch of um, uh, exactas Ravens Niners that's good it is good but if the Chiefs win oh no yeah you know, again the only thing I've got you know what I did and I had I forgot, it must have been post day thirty it would have to be <laughs> sure. um, I've got Arizona Diamondbacks game two. To the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Right? What the hell? Boy, oh boy. What Where are those, were you? Huh? Uh, as I was going through to see what I had yesterday, and I was, it was still alive. And, Sticky was oh, a little lickier that night, huh? Must have been. There's a surprise. Uh, let's talk some basketball. Let's start with Iowa State. That mm-hmm. was a um, an improbable win. You're playing without maybe your best player in, in Lipsy. Mm-hmm. Boy, Gilbert stepped up in a big way, didn't he? My he good did. God. Jones was good in a starting Knocking role. down shots early. Knock, it was How about good the to defense? See. Yes. What did they force in the first half? What was the turnover? Was uh, it- I've got it. Is it 18 or 19? I put it in my notes. I want to find it's in my notes. I want to be accurate. I T- start now. TCU looked awful. Uh-huh. I think it was 18. Uh, it was 18. 18 yeah. first half turnovers. 26 for the game. The first six minutes, TCU had one shot. 
Nine turnovers <laughs> and one shot in the first six minutes of basketball. It's impossible. It's impossible. Finished with 18 first-half turnovers. That's incredible. Uh, overall, what was the, what did they finish up with? 27. Iowa State forced 27 turnovers. So TJ relied on what his, um, you know, what he can rely on. If you don't have Lipsy, mm-hmm. you know, um, need you to even take it up another notch on defense. And they did. They did. Watson was terrific with, he had some ups. Omaha Baloo with some yes. meaningful minutes in the basketball game had a couple of, uh, made a couple of shots. I thought um, Watson was so important. I mean, he had that block in the corner late in the game. He can, he's got some. He's got some he leaping does. ability, doesn't he? You know, that was kind of my guy. There was just something yeah. about there, like you and quarterbacks with the strong arm. Yeah. Me and those long, lanky athletes and yeah. on a basketball floor, they just I, there's something there, and he can knock down a shot. He can do some different things. I still think talking about untapped potential. Obviously, Omaha Blue. We're still waiting for that un- yep. untapped potential to happen. I still think there's a whole lot there from Watson. He played a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. It, Hassan Ward was not what we kind of nope. expected out of Ward, but getting Watson to give those kind of minutes to him, getting stealing five minutes, if you will, with Ballou, and coming in there and being impactful. You mentioned Jones knocking down shots early in the game and mm-hmm. Gilbert throughout. And then the two bigs were in foul trouble late, too, and mm-hmm. they managed to stay in the game. So yeah. might have uh, that might have... Uh, uh, um, you know, curtailed them a little bit off on the offensive end of the floor, Jones and Ward. How did that eighteen uh, foot jumper by TCU late in the game? How did that not go in? They had another one, what two minutes earlier too, that mm-hmm. popped out of there. Yep. Tight rims. Yep. That's one. If you're TCU, hey, maybe we need to get the wrench out. Well, you know what they need to do before that is take a paintbrush and paint the damn floor. Oh, that is man. tough to watch. It is. It really is. The red three-point line oh, and the purple God. all over. And, and the scales or whatever yes. they're trying to do. That's just that's a tough watch. That's a huge win, though, for Iowa Big State. win. Big win on the road. Look, as we just said earlier in the show, Kansas lost to West Virginia and Central Florida, both games on the road. And you get them coming in Saturday. And you get and you know who's got that game, by the way? You know who's broadcasting that game? Is that a pluser? C. B S. Nice. Twelve thirty. So who will be on the call? Will it be the A team? I don't know. I I can't wait to find out. It's a CBS game. Twelve thirty. Kansas at Iowa State. Sunday afternoon. How good is that? That's crazy. Yeah. So we'll get to see Raftery coming into town. I don't. Um. Fingers crossed. That would be great. Now I don't know if there's a doubleheader. I should have gone further in my channel guide this morning. Um. I saw it on Twitter that mm-hmm. CBS has it, so I wanted to make sure I went to DirecTV and you know flipped through to Saturday at twelve thirty, and there it was. So, do they have? Would they have a double dip? I don't Probably. know the answer. Yeah. So maybe wraps at so. the. Who knows? Yeah. But it's CBS, and there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that basketball game. When the game great. notes come out for that one, I'm uh, I'll be jumping in right, right away. That'll be that'll be good to see what exactly it's going to look like because that would be really cool. And the environment will be through the roof. Oh, it'll be sold out. It's you, Kansas, Iowa State. And you come back now, you get two home games. K-State's been okay, but they're not great. Yeah. Right now, Ken Palm has them favored by nine. Does it? Uh, favored by four, by the way, against Kansas. Iowa State's favored Iowa by State. four? The advanced home. metrics do not like this Kansas team. No. You go to Baylor after that, then to Texas. They got their own set of warts. They do. Uh, projected right now at eleven and seven now are the Cyclones. How about that? That's that's fighting for top four so, territory. So, so where where would that put them pecking order Big Twelve wise? In the Big Twelve projected, Houston's got to be up there number one still. They right? still are. Yeah. yeah, they're thirteen and five, two games clear of Texas Tech and Iowa State. Texas and Tech BYU. quite a story. Yes, Texas Tech is quite a story. When McCaslin took over there, mm-hmm. I'm like all right, well this 
they got a guy after taking over for the yeah, guy. It's Guthridge. Yeah, the, this isn't going to work. No. It's year one. Yeah. I get it. But he was a good coach in North Texas, did some good things there, took him to the tournament. I think they made a run of the NIT. They, he's a good coach. But you had your guy, right? You had the guy that you thought was going yeah, to be. I thought he was too. Where did Beard go? Old Miss or Old Miss, Old right? Old Miss, yeah. yeah. And he's got a pretty good team there too. He's done a good job. I think they were undefeated for a while. They're fifteen and three. Wow, dude can coach. And the SEC's Personal got life. a bad league. <laughs> well, yeah, bro. and you got some issues. The SEC's a good landing spot for you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Put about a lot of band aids on careers, yeah. don't they? Yeah, they do. Guys that have uh, crossed the line. Uh, Iowa, on the other hand, look. It's Purdue. Yeah. It's it's Purdue. The 19-2 run um, was, was the, the killer, Trent. Yeah. That I mean, was that's, the killer. That's the difference in the yep. game. Yep. They hung around with mm-hmm. them. They needed to hit threes. They didn't. If they were going to upset them, they were going to have to. Edie is such a tough matchup. Yep. Cricky's not a great defender. Freeman was in foul trouble. Yep. I, I thought they got some good minutes. Peyton Sanford struggled with the three ball. And yep. They needed him to have one of those days, and he's certainly capable of doing that. And he had opportunities. Uh-huh. I mean, he had a shot, a good shot. What it, they finally cut it to eight. It was 78-70. Well, they were getting stops late in the game. Yeah. I thought, you know what? There's a chance that this, you know, get get a stop, and they did. They had but they couldn't straight, convert. Three straight yep. possessions at 78-70, including Sanford in there. And they just couldn't knock yeah. it down. And the you could tell Carver was ready to erupt. If they could have just got uh, that one shot, maybe it didn't happen. And it was sold out? It was, yeah. How about that? Good Su- for them. Surprising it was sellout surprising. there. That They got people revved up, but... Hey, the wins now need to pile up in a hurry. And speaking of Ken Palm, I was projected to win the next six games. Now they're projected to win by five, one, two, three, four, and then eight against Minnesota. They're all tight games, and the likelihood you win all five of them or six of them is not very high. But you got to stretch here. I mean, you you can get through this thing and say over the next eight. So Maryland Wednesday. Yep. Then Michigan on the road payback. You yep. got to get that win. Have to. You can't be swept by this I terrible agree. Michigan team. I agree. That's an FS1 game, and then at Indiana, Ohio Who stakes? State. The Hoosers are bad. It's yeah, a bad they, team. Who did I watch? The, did I, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah. yeah, killed them. Killed them. Um, anyways, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Drake, Drake uh, the, the Valley over the weekend, Drake did what Drake does uh, at home. He had a bad team in town in Evansville. Uh, way to go. Uh, coach Jacobson, Ben Jacobson, all-time winning as coach in the Missouri Valley Conference. Huge out of him, uh, out of them, um, and deservedly so. Right, this guy had multiple opportunities along the uh, along the the uh, trajectory of his career to move on, but he didn't. And he's the all-time winning as coach in the Valley. Um, good for him. Good for Ben Jacobson. And he seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah. Wouldn't easy guy that? to root for. He's an easy guy to root for. No doubt. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Then we'll get to uh, Scott Dockerman. He's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Again, a good piece in the athletic apathy uh, starting to seemingly, although 15,000 in the building <laughs> for the game against Purdue, but they are you know, the best team in the Big Ten. But a really good piece in the athletic on the uh, men's basketball. and What can they do to stem the tide? Jeff, thank you for being patient. How are you? Doing well. I just want to touch base first real quick on the Iowa women against Ohio State. Can we we talked about the handshake line? Can we talk about not rushing the quarter after a game? Well, we weren't going to. We were going to be the show that yeah. didn't bring it up today. No. So well, thanks a lot, well, Jeff. You I'll, just ruined our plan. Well, okay, then I'll, let, let me touch base on this. Can we stop? No, go ahead. I'm kidding. Make your make your point. No, make your point. No, 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 no. It, that's not. I mean, that was just a. I was just throwing that out there. Let's talk about the game then. Gabby Marshall. Can we stop saying she's an elite defender? 
she's not elite. Was she on McMahon most of the game? Was that her guard? No, that was the post players. And they got Uh, brutalized. They did. If you want to talk about McMahon, why did the falter not play more in the second half? She's a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. She can play her in the high post. We've never seen that. Why can't O'Grady get more minutes? I don't get Um, it. It's it's mind-boggling to me. And Caitlin got hers. But here's what's going to happen, and maybe I'll be wrong, and I got to move off. I want to move off the topic sooner or later. They're just going to double Caitlin when Caitlin drives. Why? Why are they, you know, holding on to to Gabby or to Kate Martin? I would just collapse on her, make her make that pass, and then make one of those two make a threes. But I, I'm I'm tired of hearing that Gabby is some sniper and some elite defender. She's not. She ha- she's got to prove it to me. Maybe All right. Wrong, you got to prove it to me. All right. Go on. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the Chiefs Bills game. Okay. How in the hell are we going for a fourth down on your own 23, 25-yard line in a huge spot, which made zero sense to me? Yeah. That was an unbelievable call. And for people to want to try to blame the You're talking kicker, about the fake punt, much, right? The fake punt, yeah. yes. What's totally – now, what gets a pass on that is, why is, why is Andy Reid giving the ball to – to uh, Hardman down there on, in the goal line I when mean, Pacheco got you down there. I, you're you preaching the clock. But you know what? That makes Andy, Andy Reid. That, that's Andy Reid's calling card, right? Trying that stuff. So you, you cheer for him when he, when he goes deep into the playbook and he pulls these things out of his you-know-what and it works. But then he's Andy Reid and he's still pulling that stuff out of his you-know-what and that play at the, at the goal line didn't work. Can you have it both ways? You know where I'm going, Jeff? You can't, no, right. You can't have it both ways. And sooner or later, we're going to be talking about how it bit him in the butt. And this was almost now, it. You know, and that was almost it. And we, you know, switching sides, where was, where was Diggs yesterday? Where, where, no show. Where is the top yeah. five? Where no is, show. Where's the top five receiver? What's to talk all this crap? And, yep. you know, why am I not getting the ball? And I might go to Dallas. Go good. Go to Dallas. Good. Like, good. Go, yeah. go, go to Dallas and have that parade over there. You know, last thing, I love Alan. He seems like a great guy. I don't know what happened. They were running the ball at Will. Uh, he made a couple of good throws. Sooner or later, they're going to have to shut down on whatever you want to call this little you know, spot they got in Buffalo. And he's going to need some help, guys. They have a running game. But when you get a game at home. they got a tight end. This one of the best, and, this, and this isn't one of the best Chiefs games. You let it slip away once again. I don't know what, well, I don't know what you do to move forward. But Chiefs-Buffalo next Sunday, strap on. Hold on to your balls. It's going to be a great game. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. 106.3 KX. And I couldn't more agree with you more. I think it's got a chance to be a classic. Yeah. And it's Mahomes has been in the league as a starting quarterback for six years, and every one of those years he's made it to the AFC Championship. It's something we haven't seen. It really is, Trent. You know, I used to death taxes and the Cardinals in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, kid got that we got a new one. Time to change up the material, right? Eleven <sighs> twenty five. And you gotta deal with it <laughs> as, a as a Bronco fan. <laughs> yes. I'm not alone. Uh Raiders, Chargers, we know. And it's not over, sadly. It's not even half over. No. Uh time for another thousand dollar swoosh. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide keyword. It's grand, grand, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 grand at KXNO.com. Back with Scott Docterman, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.12. Hi, Miller & Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's 
11.35 on a Monday. Scott Dockerman joins the program as we talk Hawks. Great piece in The Athletic this morning. Uh, if you are an Athletic subscriber and you have not clicked on it yet or got around to uh, The Athletic today, can Iowa men's basketball rebound from the verge of apathy? Great headline, great column, Doc. Uh, good to speak with you. How are you, Scott Dockerman? I'm doing well, guys. How's it going today? Good. I want to start with the column on basketball today, Doc, and uh, really good read. Um, not sure how it'll go over in the basketball offices, but they have to know it, that uh, something has to be done. It was good to see you know people turn out for Purdue being in town, but I don't know if there's a quick fix, Doc. I, I don't. And uh, obviously the student section's been a topic for a long, long time. Beth gets now in charge is there a chance that something finally gets done to, you know, to try and um, up the environment, if you will, in Carver under her watch? Yeah, I think so. She's interested in doing all the things that fans have talked about now for more than 15 years, which is bring the students close to the floor, to do a renovation of Carver Hawkeye Arena, probably trim down on on quite a few seats, but just to make it a little more intimate because it's kind of a bowl structure. I kind of look at it like Michigan Stadium and in football, you know, that has 110,000 people there, but but sometimes, it, at least previously, it never really seemed that loud there. And I think Carver is similar in that that um, there's probably more space between the court and the stands there than there is at Kinnick. And, and they do need to, to, to adapt to that environment, but but that's only a part of it. That's only a small part of it. In fact, I think the men's basketball community has been very vocal about Carver, but then when you look, and it's it's perpetually loud for women's basketball. It's filled to capacity. Wrestling, it's a great environment. So it, it really comes down to the sport, and there's a lot of different topics within that. And I try to address most of them in my story today, but – um, you know, and that were, that are factors that become reasons, which ultimately sometimes become excuses and crutches. Doc, so many people, you've heard it, we've heard it. It's just about the lack of a second weekend appearance, right? Get to the Sweet 16. I don't think that would be the elixir that people think maybe it would be, and all of a sudden all will be forgotten and Fran will be beloved. I just don't think that is enough, unfortunately, and I think it is unfortunate because Fran McCaffrey's done a lot of things. He's returned this program back to what it was in the 90s under Dr. Tom, but it's just not enough. If, say, Iowa sneaks in, they're 11 seed, and they get a run, and maybe there's an upset in the 3-14 game. They're in the Sweet 16. I don't think it'll be enough to you. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it's it's kind of past due. Uh, we've seen this so many times that I think there's some people that just have kind of hardened their hearts and just kind of, well, you know, oh, well, you know, I'll root for them. I'll cheer for them, but I'm not going to just totally invest my soul into this anymore. And I think, you know, when you go back, uh, you know, seven, eight years ago when teams with like Jared Utah and Adam Woodbury and, and they get really close. I remember the year they started 10 and one in the big 10 and then finished 12 and six and, and get blown out by, you know, back-to-back years by Gonzaga and, and Villanova. And then there were the years that they just, uh, you know, the last couple of years when you've had Luca Garza and some other of the great players, Keegan Murray, and they've fallen short, that it's really hard for people to keep pushing that rock up the hill um, emotionally. And then, you know, and then it's, you know, if that happens once, I mean, you know, we saw it a little bit in football this year. I mean, they won 10 games with the Big Ten Championship game, yeah. and yet people really weren't, over the moon with this team. Um, and I think basketball is, is kind of on the next uh, 
level when it comes to to that kind of perception from the fan base. Hmm. Uh, let, let's move to football. Trent, you done basketball? Uh, Caden Proctor, obviously, the news wasn't a shock that when he put his name in the transfer portal. What we did find out, Doc, is there was um, text communication. Not, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out at Alabama, we still got a home for you. That wasn't what it was. It was, you know, keep your chin up. Um, it, it was Iowa acting like... Um, I don't know, like a kind of a, an uncle, if you will, you know, trying to not, don't be down on yourself. You're a better player than this. Obviously, that text, I'm not sure it was from Barnes, maybe went, went a long, long way, Doc, uh, to keeping that, uh, making sure that the, the, the Proctor knew that there were no bridges burned, at least from Iowa's perspective. Yeah, uh, there, you know, the, certainly the tweet that was sent out, um, after what week two and some of the things that Tyler had mentioned. And then I was there talking to Caden about it and and I think um you know that the thing is that I think in this day and age of the transfer portal and especially programs like Iowa is don't burn those bridges yep. make sure that when you have you know communication you recruit really hard for somebody and and that's from him you know from somebody like Caden Proctor or whether it was you know I don't know 10 12 15 years ago with Marcus Page for instance and Cedar Rapids but you know just all those types of players that, you know, not all of them decide that they want to stay at that one place. And in Caden's case, I, you know, he's homesick and, and, uh, you know, his coach had left. And even though he played hard, I mean, there was a lot of criticism of him, of, of his play in Alabama and understandably so. So I think, and ultimately he wanted to change and he realized where he wanted to go because even though the fans were furious and it was, as you guys remember, it was, it was pretty nasty was. for a little while, but, um, it wasn't from the coaches and the staff. They were hurting, but they took the magnanimous path and for them, they were able to, to snag a, a left tackle at least for the next two years. Pretty good spot to be. Now, what does that mean going forward? So Mason Richmond, the incumbent at left tackle, Struggled this year, was banged up, did not play at a high level. Jennings Dunker took over at right tackle. They're going to play some musical chairs. You know, Kirk loves to toy with that offensive line lineup. What do you believe now? Sight unseen before spring practice. Who would you be your starting five? What would you do with both Richmond and Dunker? Mm. Well, Proctor's my I, my automatic yeah. left tackle. Yep. He is, he's a left tackle for the future. He's an NFL guy. You know, you, you know him when you see him. I would move Mason inside to guard because I think that's where he's going to be at the next level. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably where he, in a perfect world, he at least would have started his career as a guard and not kicked out. But I think he's, you know, maybe the left uh, guard. And I like Colby at the right guard. I, I like the way Dunker played. He wasn't perfect, but it was his first year as a starter, and I thought he played well. And even though I think he's a guard at the next level, I, I think he, you, know, you give him, continue to let him build his own trajectory. And then finally, uh, Logan Jones is, uh, you know, a multi-year starter. And, and I would say that, uh, Tyler Ellsbury had a really nice year when he was filling in. So I, I'd like to see some competition there, but I, I think Logan Jones is probably earned that role. So, um, you know, that's, that's such a much better line than what they even had coming in because, uh, when you, when you shuffle those chairs, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we got to, NFL caliber left tackle, and then everybody else just gets better at every spot. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that uh, this team has missed since Alaric Jackson was there. And and then you have a, a sixth-year guy in Dick DeYoung who decided to come back. He's probably going to be your super sub and probably be the first guy in at you know, three or four positions. Uh, Doc, let's get to the other, I guess, uh, 
I'm going to call it an elephant in a room, but a story that lingers on and um, is the offensive coordinator. Is this the week that uh, Kirk Ferentz names uh, the successor to his son, Brian? You know, I joke about uh, white smoke going up, but I think we've seen a new pope selected much quicker than yeah, have, uh, an offensive coordinator. And I think uh, <laughs> I, I think this is the week that he makes his his decision. I don't know if it's, it gets announced, but I hope at some point it's, it's by mid to late part of this week. I know tomorrow Beth Getz meets with the media, and, and uh, you know, and that's going to probably be a question. But, you know, it's really about our own impatience, and I'm right there with everybody else. I'd like to see this done. I'd like to be able to write about it and have it kind of off my plate and be able to analyze a lot of this. I don't know that it's hurting them necessarily, but, but it is frustrating when you just kind of like, Okay, this situation's gone on for three months now. It's, it's, uh, you need to get some closure for everybody and coalesce and they need to do their off-season scouting. And, uh, the only way you can do that is to have somebody in place. Probably a guess at this point. NFL has been talked about a lot of NFL assistant coaches. More likely as we sit here on Monday, January 22nd, it's a guy coming from the college ranks or a guy coming from the professional ranks to take over as OC. They're so interchangeable, Trent. Uh, it's hard for me to get a you know a, a binary choice on this. I just I, I don't know, and I hate saying that because mm-hmm. that makes me look like an idiot. <laughs> it, it's true. Uh, I just don't know. And you know, last week I I was told for multiple multiple weeks in a row it's Paul's job. It's his job. He he's got to decide. Ultimately, he wanted to stick with Arch Manning and and. Um, and and um, whatever's yeah. and yours yeah. and and ultimately that's where they he wanted to go and so I don't know where this is going and I've heard a few names but that's it and it's been mostly speculation so maybe Kirk's laughing you know hysterically at us all I don't know but if I were him I I wouldn't do that because I think at this point it's kind of like everybody's like all right let's just get this thing wrapped yeah. up is Clint Kubiak one of the names you've heard oh yeah his names have floated out but yeah. I don't know I mean he's been I think everybody's looking for some name to yeah. mention, and he's been one of them. I don't know that he would fit, though. I mean, the, the 49ers offense, and you know, is little different. Really comp- <laughs> yeah. It's really complicated, yeah. and the, the the verbiage is so long and extended. It may even make Iowa's offense more difficult to grasp, and of course, it needs to be easier to grasp at this point. Doc, uh, question for you as it pertains to that: whoever the OC is. Are they going to be able to be in the headset of the quarterback, Cade McNamara, coming up this year? They toyed with it. The NCAA allowed, what was it, I don't know, a dozen bowl games, something like that, where that communication was happening. Is that something that is finally going to be coming? What is it? NFL teams have had this for like 30 years, this technology, and it hasn't happened in the college ranks. Are we going to be able to see that communication between a coach and the quarterback on the field? I'd imagine that'd be the case. I mean, you know, I haven't heard of any kind of missteps or anything with mm-hmm. it during the bowl season. So um, after the situation with Michigan, you're going to definitely see you know, a push for this, and I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, get it out there, allow everybody to have that kind of communication so you don't have that to run the risk of anything like that again. Um, you know, whether it was, pers- you know, how much that they used that led them to the championship this year or to, to the playoffs the last couple of years, it remains to be seen, but I think it was significant enough to where it maybe uh, determine the outcome of a couple of games or at least change the, the final score, and that's enough. So, yes, I would expect that to be a, a rule uh, built this year. Uh, Miller and Condon and 106.3 KXNO. Doc, what uh, have you got coming up this week at The Athletic you'd like to uh, uh, promote with our audience? 
Well, I'd like for people to read the uh, the story I wrote really today on, on basketball. Yep. It's it's holistic. It's it's about all the the issues and and kind of the contradiction that is Iowa men's basketball. It's one of ten programs nationally to go to the last four NCAA tournaments. You have the winningest coach in in school history. You have these great players over the last few years. Yet the fans have kind of put it out of sight, out of mind, and it's unusual and. Um, you know, so I, I think people should give it a look. I mean, everybody's got their own opinions, but uh, read through it. And then I also, uh, what I wrote yesterday, which is about in the transfer portal world, don't burn those bridges no. um, because, you know, you, you may have a, a five-star left tackle deciding he wants <laughs> to come back home. Indeed he did. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, thank you. We will uh, speak with you next week. Thank you, Scott. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. As uh, we check in on the Hawkeyes in the Big Ten with our buddy Scott Dockerman. Um, when it comes to Carver, you got a fix? No, not a good one that's not going to cost, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the best case scenario is that you'd be able to build something where it's two-tiered, right? And you have concourse in the middle, and you kind of separate it that way, and you have an upper bowl and a lower bowl. I think that would be the best course of action. The thing that's always crazy, and every single time I go to Carver, every single year, make my way over to Iowa City for a game or two, is the amount of room behind each basket. It's incredible. Doc said it. There's way more room there than there is at Kinnick. Why? I don't understand. I mean, put some risers back Mm -hmm. there. Put the students there. Do something I know fire codes and things like that. Figure it out. Everybody else can figure it out. Mm-hmm. That needs to be done. Absolutely no doubt about it. That is something that is, it's baffling. It's it's cavernous. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you're taking all the fans, even the ones in the end, that far away from the action. It's a long ways. Mm-hmm. Building can still get loud. It still is a good environment. But what does a renovation look like? Are we talking about a, you know, a, a Band-Aid of $50 million and spruce a few things up? Or is this... They're not going to tear it down, build it up, no, put it at downtown like arena. It. Yeah, it just sounds like it. But in order to do it right, it's probably going to cost a couple hundred million dollars. <sighs> yeah. Today's day and age. Right. Uh, our final timeout, we'll take that. The keyword this hour was grand, grand at kxno.com. Another key, uh, keyword coming up in about a half an hour from right now and then throughout the afternoon with Murph and Andy. And, of course, the drive with Heather and Sean Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. K- 800 bets off. Hi, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes, first hour of the program. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, CBS, one game away from having the Swifties and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, you know who they're wanting. Big, big time. I wonder if Goodell is. I heard Taylor Swift does have concerts in Japan around the Super Bowl. I feel bad for the people in Japan, if that's the case, because she's not going. Well... She'd probably get a private jet. She could probably make. Well, she it owns one. Yeah, not bad. And that's not. But she's a billionaire. Yeah, with a B. Right. Uh, good for her. And I'm not sick of her show. I, I, I don't I either. I get a kick out I of it. Too. There's, there's the photo bomb in the back. You see, um, uh, uh, Mahomes' wife and, uh, and and Taylor Swift, and they're embracing. And right behind him is a shirtless, shirtless Jason Kelsey. What a game he had! Uh, somebody just tweeted it. It's not somebody. Let's, let's give him some credit, Jay Scott. He tweets at the show a lot. Yeah, they um, on Super Bowl Sunday. If you're a fifties. 60, 70, 80, 90 year old fan of football or listener to this program. It, it preceded you. I think it did. No. Brent Musburger and. No, yeah, he was there. 
That was my early indoctrination. I mean, you got to be really early because this was in the seventies. The show debuted, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but it was still there. It was still Musburger. You're looking live in the little wink and a nod. He got fired on April Fool's Day. He did. Final four. Final four. Yes. Yep. Um, but they're going back and they're going to chronicle. This, what do they call it? The show that changed sports television forever. It did. When you think about it, it did. You're looking live. That was for his friends in the desert. That was telling them this is a live look at the weather. That's where that came from. That where my friends in the desert. Yes, that is another reason Brent Musburger is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, I'm with you. A guy that likes to fire still to this day. And a guy, well, you look well, he owned Veasan, but he yeah. sold. Did he sell it? I mean, I know DraftKings bought it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good for him. So there's only two surviving cast members. And I didn't know that. I knew that uh, obviously Irv Cross was gone. Phyllis George, Phyllis George is gone, and Jimmy the Greek died a long time ago. Um, uh, Jane Kennedy, who took Phyllis George's spot, I want to say, and okay. Brad Musburger. But yeah, so they're going to. That's part of Super Bowl Sunday. So if you're like me and you want to turn the TV on and just leave it on throughout the game. Uh, that'll be a pretty good watch, I have a feeling. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, noon that'll our be. time. Yes. Noon our time, CBS on uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. All right. That might be have to be a DVR one, though. DVR for uh, you. Yeah. You can't find five hours of, of pregame before the probably show. Probably not. Probably, I'm guessing. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to have to do a few things with the kids before that one. Well, understandable. <laughs> and enjoy every single minute of it oh, because yeah. it'll be gone before you know it. Our number two NFL conversation, Dave Sinekin and the Packers. They'll kick it off. Nick Athen on the Chiefs about 12.15. Then Alec Bussey on Iowa State at 12.30. Uh, Trends Plays of the Day, Circus Sports sponsors those. One hour to go. It's a Monday. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.